0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Call out from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, uh, releasing the statement to all of the party leaders saying, we don't want any more new taxes and you need to make that commitment. Given what's going on in the province and the world, I guess, these days, we need to know exactly what's going to be happening and, and the impact this is going to have. But new taxes could be, well, problematic, shall we say, if not fatal to some people that are in a very tight economic situation these days. I want to bring Rocco Rossi into the conversation. Rocco, of course, is the president and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Rocco, great to have you back on the program. Hope you're doing well these days. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about that, and uh, as, as we're into election mode, and we knew this was coming, of course, uh, about the role of the Ontario Chamber and the advocacy that they've done here, I'll, I'll speak specifically to your, your note to these guys in just a couple of minutes, but it's important at this stage uh, that the businesses, small and large, obviously, uh, have a voice, somebody who's got their, their backs in situations like this. This is probably, uh, you know, more than ever uh, an, an issue that needs to be dealt with coming out of the pandemic.
1: No question. I mean, tens of thousands of businesses in Ontario have gone bankrupt over the last two years, no fault of their own, just uh, the lockdown situations, Um, and many, many more. In fact, the average small, medium-sized enterprises um, added almost $200,000 in debt just to stay afloat. Um, And so what we're asking for in our vote prosperity uh, platform is, is essentially do, do no harm. Uh, number one, give, give these, um, long suffering, uh, businesses, uh, an opportunity to, um, to recover, to pay down debt, um, and give them as much predictability as possible because the last two years of unpredictability have, um, have had an enormous, um, impact on these businesses.
0: Well, and as you've talked about, and we knew this even while the pandemic was raging, uh, you know, now that we seem to be coming out of it, we're not out of it from a medical standpoint. By the way, I don't again want people to get that impression, but businesses are starting to get back up on their feet, or attempting to, anyway. Uh, the last thing they do is, is is to somebody to take them out of the knees once again, and uh, and we should also remember, of course, that as we're talking about, the, you know, the livelihood of of so many small business people. Those taxes oftentimes filter down. So as consumers, we need to be concerned about this, too. This this is going to have an impact on everybody. And uh, these guys are going to have to have, as you say, some consistency from the government so they can plan two, three years, four years, or five years ahead.
1: Well, and we're already seeing um, enormous inflationary pressures. I mean, everyone goes to the grocery store. Uh, or fills up their tank of gas is is seeing that so so costs are increasing. We've got a whole bunch of supply chain um, issues that um, are being felt around uh, the world. Obviously, the situation um, in in Ukraine is having uh, an impact on. Um, you know, beyond the, the tragedy of the of the lives on uh, oil and gas prices, on agricultural product pricing, um, and so now is is not the time to say, well. And on top of this, um, we're gonna we're gonna add another burden for you.
0: You mentioned partnerships. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, that used to be taboo. Governments just didn't do that. They said, you know, you guys are on your own. We'll try to help you, but. Difficult times and, and I guess, uh, desperate times, where usually we call it desperate measures. private public partnerships are not the bogeyman of economics. Uh, they do work. Uh, it depends, of course, on, first of all, the partners, but second of all, having a plan. Why aren't governments, and especially during this election, why aren't all the political parties talking more about that?
1: Well, look, we would like to see a whole lot more discussion around how we grow. Um, and, and that could include a, a wide variety of things, including public-private um, uh, partnerships, but um, really how do we get innovation going? How do we get more investment into, um, into productivity? Bill, one of the things that um, uh, is, is always concerning to take a look at is if you compare Ontario to the Great Lake US states from New York to Michigan, On average, Ontario generates um, $20,000 per capita of GDP less than the average of those states. Uh, And what that means is that's money that we don't have um, to tax, to build um, opportunities, to give people um, more in the way of salaries and that really comes down at the end of the day to, to productivity and to ensuring that we're making and encouraging those kinds of, of investments that will make us more and more competitive relative to the rest of the world. And yes, that's going to require partnerships. Um, and yes, we've, su- we've seen some encouraging things on the auto front, but that's not the only sector that needs that kind of thinking.
0: Is it obvious to the, to these guys? Because I know you're in dialogue with the, the, the government on a constant basis at the Ontario Chamber uh, about some of these initiatives. And these, a lot of these, are not new ideas. But it's a good time to remind them. Are, are they cognizant of the fact, though, Rocco, that small business, especially, are not going to be able to do this by themselves. They're going to have to get some help from the government.
1: Well, we've certainly been repeating that uh, that message, and uh, they are all of the parties are saying some appropriate things um on on that front but it really you know we're constantly reinforcing um the message that as you said earlier you know we're not over with uh with covid just just yet and quite frankly we're not over from the business perspective either because essentially we've had as we've discussed before this this tale of two ontarios during the the pandemic, if you were in technology, if you were in essential services, um, yes, you've had um, bumps along the road, but generally you've done quite well. And in fact, in technology, you've done super well because so many um, so many aspects of our society had to accelerate their technology plans. But if you were in tourism, hospitality, live music, personal services, gyms, you were hit really hard uh, and you are slow coming back because consumers are still suffering from post-traumatic stress of the last two years and being told that this thing is out there looking to take them down Um, and also because big employers including the government um, are still slow in encouraging their employees back physically at least some of the time um, during the week and what that means is you know in city centers whether it's Hamilton or Toronto or Ottawa or London um, if the the big banks if the government don't fill their their towers that foot traffic for the local restaurants for the dry cleaners for the for the retailers simply isn't there um, and they can be legally allowed to be open. Um, but if, um, if the foot traffic isn't there, um, then they're not making money.
0: It's, it's kind of a two pronged approach here, isn't it? Uh, clearly, you want businesses to start to not just th- th- you know, survive, but to start to thrive again. And, and that's not an unrealistic goal. I mean, it's not going to take the short period of time we thought it would, but it can happen. But you, you just made a very strong point here that I don't know that governments try to uh, grasp as much as they probably should, Rocco. And that's, we have to ensure that people have disposable income or they're not going to buy anything. Mm-hmm. Uh you know if, if, you know, if it's four days before payday and you've got about a buck and a half in your checking account, uh, you're not going to those restaurants. You're not doing any of that stuff. Uh, so there's an affordability problem, which I know we've heard an awful lot of in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but how they address that and get money into the pockets. I know, you know, that, that was one of the rationales Ford used, of course, to give us our money back for the license sticker. And that that's fine. Uh, but that's a couple of hundred bucks. We're talking about a sustainable uh, uh, way for this to happen because if we're not spending, that economic recovery is not happening.
1: 100 percent and you know we also have enormous um, labor issues i mean not uniform but in many many sectors and we have a backlog a three-year backlog in skilled labor um, looking to get in through uh, various immigration programs and um, we desperately need uh, those people with an aging population um, with a slowing birth rate um, the only net new growth um, to the economy will come from um, will come from immigration. And so it's really important to focus um, resources and speeding that up and ensuring that uh, people are integrated um, as well as possible because that you know those are the people who are going to be paying taxes to help pay for our retirement.
0: One of the examples you used in the letter I thought was interesting because these are taxes that most people probably don't even know exist. I mean, you know, when they're announced that it's a, an issue for a day or two and then we kind of forget about it. Uh, but you, you mentioned uh, when you were talking about this, as well, it's, a, it's a beer tax, really. Uh, and it's called the basic beer tax and it's scheduled to go up uh, in uh, 2023. Uh, which is something we don't need at this stage. And as you say, it, every, every brewery, whether you're a microbrewery, whether you're one of the big guys, it's going to be impacted. Bars are going to be impacted by this. Restaurants are going to be impacted by this. Licensed restaurants are. Uh, and we as consumers are going to be impacted by this. I mean, little things like that, you know, you may say, well, well come on, that, is that going to make a difference? It' A minor difference, but, you know, that plus a whole bunch of other ones, in, in like circumstance, is the sort of thing that will spur that kind of growth and that's that that, that consumer confidence I guess is really what we're talking about here, isn't it?
1: 100% and and the whole notion of continuing with automatic increases when as you said uh, before extraordinary times require extraordinary measures, this has been nothing uh, close to ordinary over the last two years. So the notion that you just keep with um, a pre-existing automatic accelerator, um makes no sense particularly when the hospitality industry restaurant bars etc are among the hardest hit um during the during the crisis so that is just you know one example that uh, we're looking for all the parties to commit um that they would hold off on that and and really let the economy um, recover somewhat before you you restart these uh, automatic increases
0: Brock, I've got to ask you one other thing, too, because you and I have talked about this a lot over the last two years. And now that we're into campaign mode here, uh, you've talked about the the huge financial burden that many small businesses are in right now. And and the governments did offer some relief programs, although we can talk about whether or not they were effective uh, about rent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you mentioned off the top this morning that there's a huge debt each and every one of these small businesses Uh, have a huge, huge debt. So it's just not a matter of, okay, we're going to be in the black now. You've got this hanging over your head. Uh, And we've talked about the concept of debt forgiveness uh, in some of these situations. And and you can set parameters for this. and It's not going to be a blanket policy. But I'm surprised we haven't heard a darn thing about this in in this campaign. I mean, this is important for economic recovery to get these people out of the hole that they're in right now, Uh, a lot of it not because of anything they've done it was just the pandemic and some shall we say questionable government policies at the time that really kind of handcuffed them uh well but where's the discussion about that and where's the commitment to really help small business with with as you say extraordinary measures to try to help them
1: i think they're all hoping all parties are hoping the the issue goes away and it clearly won't because when those debts come due either um the government uh writes down and and understand a bunch of that debt is to the government because they're yeah. deferred taxes um there are things like the SIBA loan program which is to the federal government but nonetheless uh, a burden on many on many businesses when that comes due either some of it gets uh written down or a number more of these businesses simply won't be able to go forward so you're right there should be a discussion um and uh the fact that there isn't a discussion doesn't mean that there isn't a very big underlying issue
0: it's it's not unprecedented i mean let's face it i mean governments federal governments others i mean they've forgiven debt to to other countries they've forgiven debts by huge large corporations in in some cases and uh and it's understandable because you want those places to keep their doors open and and i i i applaud the Ontario Chamber for being a champion for this and you know just because they haven't talked a whole lot about it during this campaign uh, I know that you're relentless about this and it's something that small business I think is really in need of at this stage so keep doing what you're doing Rocco as always and uh, we'll see how, exactly how this resonates uh, the letter that is uh, with the, the party leaders over the next little while always a pleasure thank you so much for the time today
1: thank you uh, elections matter and I encourage all of your listeners to ask the tough questions of all candidates.
0: Absolutely. Take care. Rocco Rossi, the President and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.